faculty, and other special guests from the Winchin School on issues, topics, and news that affect us not only as members of the Winchin School, but as a global community. I'm your host, Brad, and joining me today is fellow co-hosts, Julia and Jeremy. Thank you, Brad. Hi, everyone. Thank you guys for listening in today. The question for our panel today is, what are some issues that you think are affecting voter turnout this election? One of the most important issues impacting the voter turnout this election, regardless of position, is the ongoing pandemic. Um, The current state of our nation is evidently fragile and the citizens have felt vulnerable and helpless concerning the disease for months on end now. They want to make sure that their country can recover and that their best interests are being served and therefore they're making sure their voices are heard through officials they have the ability to elect. Social media has certainly influenced this election a great deal, uh, especially with people being on social media more Uh, I think many people get most of their information off social media and Twitter. It was a place for people to create a community. And potential candidates used social media uh, as a tool in this election. They used it to boost their campaigns and have a more direct relationship with their voters. I think with social media's large growing user base, you definitely have to be careful about who you get your information from. I read the statistic somewhere that fake news travels six times faster than, than real news. So you really have to be careful about what you see and what you believe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the increased accessibility to vote in accordance with the pandemic has definitely impacted that voter turnout. Um, the voter process, as you were talking about, only comes around for years. Sometimes people get busy and their schedules restrict them from voting or the lack of transportation to a voting establishment. But this year, because of the pandemic, mail-in ballots were added as an option in many states and you could acquire one without a medical excuse. Um, So option was made more widely available. This definitely impacted how many people took the time to vote because they had the time concerning their jobs and then they had the ability to get the vote in. But this is the first election that we've really seen the general public have accessibility to mail-in ballots. I think what we're starting to see kind of bouncing off that, Jeremy, is that it's, we're worried about what it's going to do in the hands of the general American populace, you know, because before people with health issues and I believe overseas could also do mail-in ballots and it's never influenced the election on such a, like a quick turn. Absolutely. When you look at it, they're taking ballots and just sending them in right away. So it's massive spikes. Um, another issue I think impacted the voter turnout is the recent surge in growth of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, despite the fact this movement is fighting for nothing more than basic human rights, it's unfortunately become politicized by our country. Um, specifically regarding the presidential campaigns, each one possessed different stances regarding the events that have occurred in our nation over the past few months and they've adopted certain policies and reforms concerning this movement. Um, So 
the perspectives of systemic racism in our country also vary vastly from party to party with each one representing polarizing actions with which to reform it or the idea of reforming it at all. So I think that a lot of people with the awareness of this Black Lives Matter movement have taken into account how important it really is. Um, and I think this directly impacted the increase of the voters in this year's election because it's so important to so many people's lives. I think kind of going off that, um, you see a lot of, nobody went into this election and the presidential election not knowing who they were voting for. Like the minute I know I'm eligible to vote and I did, well, Brad, I think I'm going to disagree with you on that, actually. I feel like a lot of people didn't know who to vote for because they didn't feel necessarily confident behind one specific candidate. Right. I mean, I could see where you're coming from with that. But the thing is, people aren't voting for someone who's presidential now. They're voting for someone who's going to, like, advance their own ideals and, you know, look out for number one, which is them. Mm -hmm. So I think you have a point in saying that, like, Oh, maybe they don't like either candidate or oh maybe it's not like completely their stand five months back everyone knew who they were going to vote for people decided between the two maybe if they were deciding between two evils which one was lesser absolutely i think that's definitely a big thing i can't vote because i'm not old enough i'm not eligible yet but um i've definitely heard that and seen that is it like necessarily morally long, wrong to look out for like yourself and your own ideals? Like, should we be thinking we or I when we vote? Um, personally, I think that when it comes to voting, it becomes more about the we than just the I. I don't think that perspective is taken on by everyone necessarily, but um, if you put your own life in this perspective, there's really no aspect that isn't impacted by the lives of others and other individuals. Um, and as a country, we don't progress because of individual effort. Rather, it's the collective effort of over 300 million people that helps us move forward. And I think that when we vote, we must consider our own needs and desires, certainly, but we also have to consider how our vote impacts our loved ones, our colleagues, and our fellow citizens. And in order to improve our country, we have to vote for whomever is going to best represent and fulfill the needs of our people on the whole, not just ourselves. I vote for yourselves, but you want to vote for yourselves in a way that like, take a look at your own morals and values and what's best going to reflect everyone as a country at that point. I suppose that's a good way to look at it because, and this is, this varies completely on person to person. It's the decision whether you want to retain your individual ideals or whether you want to kind of set aside those ideals for someone else and i think it varies to the individual because both have pretty good points there seems to be kind of a buzzword or i guess a buzz idea if you will about sensibility and you know common sense in this election and which candidate you know has more of it and i was wondering if there is like a universal thing of like sensibility and common sense or if it varies from person to person like what you think is sensible may not be what I think is sensible. Yeah, I think that's really a matter of perspective. You know, everyone has a um, different way of life and they're living differently. So they all have different perspectives. I have to agree with you, Jeremy. I think that's where the different political parties that you can align with come in because everyone has like those different ideals, I suppose. We totally understand that everyone is their own individual, so their own, I guess, perception of sense is going to be different.
what would you guys change about this election if you could or even this country if i could change something about the current state of our political system i would look to bridge the gap between the democratic and republican parties I feel that if our leaders and our officials make an effort to resolve tensions among their respective parties, their followers would certainly follow suit. By listening to each other and really learning from each other's different points of view that we can alleviate and hopefully eradicate any negative feelings and emotions that are currently ongoing between these two parties. And I really think that if we can accomplish this, and like, believe me, I know it won't be easy, um, I think that the future of our country is very bright. When the different parties of our country can restore their original intentions and really abide by them, we will be able to accomplish as much as we can imagine. We, um, fundamentally, you do have a good point about it, but I think it with respect to the problem of a two-party system is that yeah. will there always be controversy between them? When you have like two political parties or political affiliations, they're bound to contradict each other. It doesn't matter what system it's in. I think it's definitely a reoccurring theme every four years. It is for sure. Do you guys think that the ongoing presence of social media has like contributed to the increase in tension between the two parties? It is for sure. Because when you like post your opinion online you're bound to get people who disagree with you of course but then you're going to get people who do agree with you and who are going to you know radiate your point more and more and i think it just kind of it adds an aggressor to what the problem really is do you think that like going forward we're going to continue to see more of that as we progress in regards to technology and i guess release of the media or do you think tensions will die back down and it happened to be the two specific candidates that were really going? I think social media will continue to play a role in everyday life, whether it comes down to elections, anything. Um, I think it's gonna continue to influence probably everything we do, more so every day. And it's just gonna be exponential. I think, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a point here. I think it was back a couple years ago, Egypt actually had to shut down all social media for like a couple of weeks or days to get riots under control because um, they were using it to organize. And I think that's just a really interesting statistic. You're talking about the uh, Egyptian Revolution, 2011? Yeah, yeah, the Egyptian yeah. Revolution. Well, uh, what actually happened was the Muslim Brotherhood was using social media to spread fake news and false narratives throughout the country. and. It was effective because it could reach such a broad audience through social media. I think it's a very, if you can master it, social media is a pretty powerful tool to use if you want to make a political movement out of it. This is a completely different topic. We are always being watched by something or another. Like even last week I said I needed, you know, a new desk and instantly I got like an Ikea ad on Instagram. It's so scary. It, it's it is scary. I mean, what I think is interesting about it is you know, they still have that kind of statistical analysis of you, of what you like and, you know, what you're going to do. I think that's why Instagram was able to influence politics more and, you know, promote voting more. So to kind of finish the topic and um, round out our podcast this week, how do you guys think the 2020 election will impact future elections? Um, 
Um, I think that the 2020 election will impact future elections and that the voter turnout will continue to increase. Um, I think that mail-in ballots will become an option for all, one that'll be widely popular. And hopefully after tensions in terms of this election were kind of so historically high, the succeeding election will be more subdued. Um, I also believe that access to information about each party's campaigns will continue to be made widely available via social media platforms and that we will see a rise in the number of citizens who are taking advantage of this knowledge by educating themselves. Ballots that we can get on our phones. Yeah, digital ballots could be a good invention. Digital I mean, ballots. we'll talk about the privacy of that another time, but... <laughs> <laughs> say we talk about the corruption of mail-in ballots and the controversy regarding that we introduced online ballots I think that could cause and I feel like I, sh I should mention also this election technically isn't over yet because they're no, still pushing it's not. Off these. yeah and I find that just crazy because it started you know a good week ago at this point right at least it's been ongoing for when was the first like early voting yeah the latter part of October at least a month ago and I just find it crazy that it's been like going on for so long. Cause like so long. as kids, we would go to sleep during an election and find out who won the next day, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that this, it's a thing that will imprint on this generation specifically. Cause like you see, I'll bet you like a hundred bucks. Our generation will always go to the polls now. It's just going to be a generational characteristic. Just like, you know, back in 1968, they did the same thing back in, you know, the civil war, they did the same thing. It's just, it's forever going to imprint our generation that we need to have a political voice, you know? I think so, absolutely. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to our podcast, The Tip of the Antler. You can find us on Spotify at Tip of the Antler and head to www.wapediaweekly.com to learn more about us. Again, I am your host, Bradley Bigelow. Jamie O'Neill. And Julia. Tune in for our next conversation, and as always, have a wonderful day.